Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, thank you for joining us here today. I'm going to begin today a number of broadcasts that uh, probably will take us most of the month to cover, whereas we only have 15 minutes each time for us to meet uh, daily. I'm going to start sharing with you information out of my class notes. I I teach this in colleges, Answering Islam. It's a course that that I wrote, and uh, I'm going to try to hit some of the highlights here of that course. It's a week-long course, uh, about eight hours a day. And so it's quite intensive. And I want to give our listeners an understanding of Islam. Why should we do this? Well, we were warned, well, we were told in Jude chapter 1, verse 3, that we're to exhort, that we were exhorted to earnestly contend for the faith which had been delivered to us by the saints. And that there would be false prophets that would be out there. First John 4, 1. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Romans 16, 17. Brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. And so when we have false prophets, when we have false teaching that's out there, we Christians need to earnestly contend for the faith, for the truth that was delivered to us, Galatians 1.8 said, But though we were an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than which we preached unto you, let him be accursed. So if anyone comes along and says, Hey, I had a message from God. An angel from heaven told me this. How do we know it's true? Uh, Mormons claim the same. You know, well, an angel came to the prophet and uh, gave us uh, the text. Well, how do we know it's of God? Well, God's word tells us that if it's of Jehovah God, anything that is going to be delivered to any prophet would be consistent with what's what's already been delivered. And so this is how we know who's the phony, who is got a dog and pony uh, show, but it doesn't really have the substance. Now we know also the devil is a deceiver, an angel, the devil in in Second Corinthians eleven fourteen, and no marvel Satan himself can, is transformed into an angel of light. So the devil himself has the ability to appear to man as an angel from heaven. This is apparently what happened with Muhammad uh, six, seven hundred years after Christ. And so we Christians need to be aware of this religion and know where it's come from. I, I am somewhat surprised at times at how little knowledge most average Christians have about this religion. We know it's wrong. We know it's false. But we don't really understand why. We don't have the details. We don't have the data. And if we're going to speak the truth with love, we won't be convincing unless we have facts and information on our side. And if you speak on this subject with false information or without the facts and just give opinion, you're not going to win very many people to side with you. But if you have the facts and have an understanding of its history, its doctrines, then you're going to have more uh, strength in your arguments. Now, we're trying to train people here on this program to be defenders of the truth. We call ourselves the fortress of faith. 
A fortress is a place of defense. We want to build leaders who will stand tall and strong on the truth, on God's word, not to be ashamed, but to speak the truth, to have the courage. And the more truth, more knowledge you have, the more capable and more courage you have to stand against the evil. Now, in the past, we've covered programs on what I call the glossary of Islamic terms. Usually, I begin with covering some of these, but I know we've played those shows. We've covered the this information quite a few times. We'll probably end on it, talking about them again, but I will explain some of these terms when we come across them in our broadcast. So I don't want to start with that. Where I want to begin is with Muhammad. Everything rises and falls with Muhammad. Oh, I wanted to say this too before we jump into this here. If you miss shows, don't panic. Don't worry. Because you can always get them at two different places. You can re-listen to them. The shows that you miss, you can listen on our website at FortressOfFaith.com or download our app. You can get that app at the Play Store, Google Play Store there and download it, Fortress of Faith Radio. And there you can listen to former broadcast on your time. Even if you miss as I'm airing on your radio station, you can catch us on your time on your cell phone, on your listening device, your tablet or your computer, okay? So let's begin now with Muhammad. Muhammad, it, it, everything about Islam rises or falls with him. If Muhammad is a phony, then Islam is a phony. You can destroy the whole doctrine of Islam simply by covering the life of Muhammad, of who he is and who he was. Basically, you're going to see that he's a con man. Very intelligent, but he couldn't read or write, but that doesn't make him stupid. Um, most people make that mistake. They say, oh, well, he was illiterate, so therefore he was dumb. No, that doesn't mean he was dumb. He, In fact, he had a brilliant capacity of memorizing uh, stories. He was a good storyteller. Uh, the Quran was supposed to be recited. He lived in a society where, you know, that's how information was shared, through oral traditions. Many of the Arabians couldn't read or write, the Arabic that we know today wasn't even formed during the days of Muhammad. There was an early, early version of it, kind of a Nabataean script, a combination of Syriac and uh, some other languages there that mixed together to make the Arabic that we know today. So what we know about Muhammad actually was written about 150 to 200 years after his life. And so a lot of the hearsay, the testimonies of his companions, really didn't come from his companions. It was coming from the grandchildren of the companions of Muhammad. And, but what we learn about his life is that he was um, you know, apparently a con man. And you're going to see that as we go through his life. Okay, he was born to the tribe of the Koreish tribe. Now this is according to the traditional understanding the history of Muhammad. I'm covering that side, what we call the classical form of Islam. Now, I know that there's a lot of archaeological evidence that questions the classical understanding of the life of Muhammad. We may touch on some of that a little later, 
in some broadcasts, but I don't want to go there yet. Let's have an understanding of what the Muslim world would understand about the Prophet Muhammad. Okay, so he's born of the Quraysh tribe in Mecca. He's a descendant of a, a famous pagan priest, Quasi, about four generations removed from him. This is what gives him the idea that he is of a priestly line, you know, have some prophet uh, capabilities because he's born of that, uh, of, you know, a descendant of Quasi. His father, Abid Allah, died before Muhammad was born. His mother died at his birth. So he came into the world as an orphan. He was raised by his grandfather to his first birthday, and then his grandfather died. And then his uncle took over his guardianship, Abu Talib. So he's pretty much raised by his uncle. He is taught a trade. He becomes a merchant, a caravan trader. He would often go up into the north where the Christians were in Syria, and he would trade with them and bring goods back down into Arabia. And so this is his early life. Now, the Arabians were nomadic people. Because of the arid, the conditions there being very dry, water was hard to find. So people had to travel a lot to find water for, uh, to graze their livestock. They were pagans. They were polytheistic. They worshipped in Arabia, 360 gods, one god for every tribe. Now, there were four temples in Arabia during his day, the records show. They're called Kaabas. They're cubed shape. And the only one that's remaining today is the one that stands in Mecca. Now, Muslims believe, according to Muhammad, that Abraham and his son Ishmael built that Kaaba. Now, you're going to realize that Muhammad claims to be a descendant of Ishmael. This is where the Arabs come from. So he is a, not just a descendant of Quasay. He's also a descendant of Ishmael, which means he's a descendant of Abraham, making him half-brothers to the Jews. The, the promised son of Abraham was Isaac. The firstborn son was Ishmael. So this is the connection of these people in the Middle East. Before Islam got started, the pagans would circumambulate. They would uh, march around in mass numbers around the Kaaba once a year. They would have this festival. Now, during the pagan years, they did it naked. Now, Muhammad adopted a lot of the practices of the Jews, practices of the Christians, and the practice of the pagans. You see that kind of all mixed up in the bowl of Islam. And so the, he still practiced uh, circumambulating around the Kaaba seven times. You'd march around it there. Now we can thank Muhammad for putting clothes on the people there. It would be good to note that the first book ever written in Arabia was the Quran. As I mentioned already, many of the people could not read or write. There were a multitude of tribes there were no central leadership in the country. There was no national leadership. And so Muhammad had noticed from his travels and his connections there that uh, some nations were stronger because they had a central leader, a center leader. So this uh, began to form a dream for himself 
that uh, you, you'll see in the story of Islam that Muhammad was not just building a religion, he was building a kingdom. And he used, he manipulated these people by their superstition, by their religious beliefs and, and so on there, that he could cause people to follow him if they believed they were doing what God was commanding them to do. Okay, well, that's going to be it for today. We'll pick up on more tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you. Hi, this is Gil Ford, and I want to share with you some things you might want to know about Fortress of Faith. Fortress of Faith is enjoyed by listeners on almost 90 stations, coast to coast. They are purely a listener-supported broadcast and is heavily dependent on the support of their listeners. Their budget is very modest and a good portion of their support comes from monthly donations. However, their spring and fall fundraisers are very essential to their budget. Please consider supporting Fortress of Faith. Their message is dynamic, on point, and very much needed. As Tom often says, there are three ways to send in your support. One is by giving safely and securely online at fortressoffaith.com. Another way to give is by check. If you want to give by check, please call to get their address and to make a pledge of what you want to give. The number to call is 1-800-616-0082. That's 1-800-616-0082. Lastly, you can give over the phone from a bank or credit card. If you want to donate today over the phone, please call 1-800-616-0082. That's 1-800-616-0082. Again, this is Gil Ford wishing you a great day in the Lord.